Welcome to Decision Vision, a podcast series focusing on critical business decisions. Brought to you by Brady Ware and Company. Brady Ware is a regional, full-service accounting and advisory firm that helps businesses and entrepreneurs make visions a reality. And welcome to Decision Vision, a podcast giving you, the listener, clear vision to make great decisions. In each episode, we discuss the process of decision-making on a different topic from the business owner's or executive's perspective. We aren't necessarily telling you what to do, but we can put you in a position to make an informed decision on your own and understand when you might need help along the way. My name is Mike Blake, and I'm your host for today's program. I'm a director at Brady Ware & Company, a full-service accounting firm based in Dayton, Ohio, with offices in Dayton, Columbus, Ohio, Richmond, Indiana, and Alpharetta, Georgia. Brady Ware is sponsoring this podcast, which is being recorded in Atlanta for social distancing protocols. If you like this podcast, please subscribe in your favorite podcast aggregator, and please consider leaving a review of the podcast as well. Um, this is a fifth. This is the fifth of a, of a sub-series of topics regarding how to address the coronavirus crisis, and specifically, we're discussing managing and leading companies in a, uh, a shutdown, shelter-in-place world. And, you know, we've, we've, we've gone pretty granular for the first four topics, ranging from data security to managing remote teams to being an effective remote worker. Um, and by the time this is published, we may or may not have also published uh, um, uh, addressing your real estate obligations in a shutdown world. But I wanted to sort of, I want to sort of draw back a little bit and look at this from a, a, a 30,000 foot perspective, because in addition to managing the very granular aspects of managing a company through a crisis, there is also the broad discussion of, of just how do you run a company in this environment and, and how do you lead? And, and, you know, let, let's, let's kind of put our cards on the table right now. We are collectively living inside of a of a horror movie um with the exception of we don't have the don't open that door kind of thing um but you know we're, we're living in an unprecedented uh environment and you know unless you've had i don't know bomb diffusal diffusing training or something like that you know none of us have specific training in how to handle uh, a, a scenario like this and and I think I think the best teacher for this kind of thing, quite candidly, is uh, is is experience. Because again, I don't think there's a course that Harvard is offering that that is you know the coronavirus and you how to manage your company in a in a world that's being afflicted with a with a with a pandemic. And um, I think there are just sort of broad questions and conversations that you know as leaders uh, as decision makers. We, we would like to have, we're trying to have, and maybe we have somebody in our, re in our network or ecosystem that can have that with us. Maybe we don't. Um, and and a, what I wanted to do with the show is I wanted to make available to you, um, quite candidly, one of the wisest business people I know and one of the guys you want to be in, in a foxhole with. And, you know, full disclosure, he is technically my boss. So as a listener, you can decide if I'm sucking up to him or not. But if you've known me for more than five minutes, you know, I'm not a suck up guy. Um, but you know, I I've taken an instant liking to Tommy Marsh ever since I joined 
the firm uh, almost uh, almost two and a half two and a half years ago, and and in this short period of time, he's become something of a mentor that I I wish I'd had much earlier in my career and, re- and rarely did have. Um, he he's just he just he's just got a common sense to him and a way of cutting through the bullshit, but a way of addressing it with a level of humanity and compassion that you don't see all that often, uh, including in, in the accounting industry. And uh, I think you will enjoy the next 45 minutes we're going to spend with him as much as I've enjoyed being able to, to, to learn from him over the last, over the last two years. Um, Tommy has more than 25 years of experience in public accounting and is the managing director of our Alpharetta, Georgia office. Uh, prior to joining the Brady Ware family, he was a tax partner with a firm called Marsh and McConnell for 20, 21 years, which of course that, that's his name. He was co-owner and he was running that, running and owning that firm. Tommy is in, involved in general business consulting, strategic planning and tax and audit services. He specializes in federal and state income tax laws and regulations. They relate to closely held corporations and partnerships as well as personal financial income and estate planning, does all this accounting stuff, yada, yada, yada. He's a member of the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce, the AICPA, and the Georgia Society of CPAs. But, but most importantly, you know, what, what he does on a daily basis, I think he would tell you himself, he doesn't, he doesn't do all that much raw accounting stuff anymore. He, he's the guy that the clients, the clients come to when they just got problems and they got they've got major issues with their company that are potentially you know company or career threatening and they come to him for advice and he's that that's the kind of guy that you want involved that you want to ask these kinds of of questions because every business I don't care even if you're making if you're making n95 masks and you're making ventilators uh, this environment if you don't navigate correctly is an existential threat to us all. And so great advice is, is just, you know, it's never been more important. And I'm so delighted I could convince Tommy to take some time off the, 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 the tennis court and, uh, and join us today. Tommy, welcome to the program. Mike, thank you so much. Um, uh, I, I learned a couple of things about myself in that introduction and it's much appreciated. Uh, I will leave uh, my ring on your desk because we got to have six <laughs> feet apart. Uh, but I will leave it on your desk in order for you to pay the proper homage. But no, in, all, in all seriousness, Mike, uh, thank you for the introduction. And uh, I'm proud to be your partner. So uh, job well done. So, Tom, let, let's get into some background. When, when, when we'd say that you're with Marsh and McConnell for 21 years, were you the owner or an owner of that firm for all 21 years? Uh, yes, I've been in uh, public accounting for about 38 years, and uh, you sort of sharpen your teeth on the, the early years. I was with a regional firm, and then once um, I was traveling a lot, and when I started having children, I wanted to be uh, in Atlanta and uh, be there versus being on a plane traveling and consulting. But uh, I hooked up with um, a guy named Bob Humberstone. And uh, my, myself and Margaret McConnell bought him out eventually, and therefore I became an owner at about, oh, probably, I don't know, 20-some-odd years, maybe 25-some-odd years ago. So I wasn't a partner-slash-owner of Marsh and McConnell for the 20-plus years you've indicated. 
And in your career, how, how many how many financial crises have you had to weather, either as a business owner or as you know an executive that that has to make these tough decisions? Well, obviously, um, the the two that come to mind, and I'm going to throw you a third one, but. Basically, in 2008, that was the, quote, great recession days that, um, that uh, we all experienced. Uh, it was pretty much in the real estate world, but it also impacted banking and financing and, and a, lot, a lot of industries across the board. Uh, that was a tough, tough time for a lot of people, um, a lot of businesses. And we, um, so that was probably the major one. The second one is what we're experiencing today. Um, I have never seen uh, I have never seen something like this before. Uh, so this has got to be um, uh, one of the major financial uh, issues that we're facing us today. Now, being a, a CPA for a small practice in in the Marshall McConnell years, I believe the other financial crises that we had is with clients. When a, when a client of yours loses a key employee or they lose a bank funding, or they lose a line on a, on a distributorship. I, I believe that uh, I've had crises along the way, nothing of, of, of max magnitude as the, as the 2008 or 2020 crisis that we're going through today, but I can't even tell you how many I've experienced of that with, with, on the front lines with clients. Is this, is this the worst crisis you think you've experienced in your career? Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, when you talk about the 2008 Great Recession, it's now behind us. It's in the rearview mirror. When you talk about the 2020 coronavirus pandemic, we're still living it. As you said, when we first, you know, started talking this morning, is that that is we're, we're living it. We're in the middle of it. And my experience has been that I believe that the unknown most of the time is worse than the known. And so we're still in the unknown part of this, uh, whether it's a health issue that you're worried about a loved one or your children or your spouse or what have you from a health issue, but you're also in a situation to where from a business owner, what's going to happen? And so that's why I think for right now, uh, it is absolutely uh, terrifying on some stages. However, we all know, we all know that uh, the unknown is worse than the, uh, than the known. So hopefully in the next, oh, and I'm not trying to put a deadline on this, but at the same token, we need to get back to work. Is that 30 days? Is that 45? Is that 60 or 90? Only time will tell. So yes, this is absolutely the the worst situation that I've seen in my career. In, in the past, when you know, let's 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 go back to the 089 Great Recession. Um, you and I were both advising clients back then. Um, what advice have you given to clients in the past from financial stocks? They came to you and said, "Tommy, what's going to happen? The economy is obviously going to take a massive turn for the worst." And they're, they're saying, what do, what do I do? What do I have to be doing? You know, what piece of advice did you find yourself most commonly giving out? Well, obviously, advice 
is pretty much client specific. You, you, you may have one client that um, really has not been impacted. So their, our advice to them is, hey, you know, it's the general discussion and the general consulting that we do on a daily basis. Other clients typically have specific advice, but the over-ending advice that I give clients is it is going to be okay. I don't know, may not know 100% what it looks like, but I believe with my experience and as much as I've been through the last 38 years uh, in my industry, it's all going to be okay. It may not look like it was prior to this, but at the end of the day, it's all going to be okay if we can hang in there long enough and be healthy and uh, survive all of this, which I believe we will, we'll come out the other side and it's all going to be okay. I, uh, way, way back in my career, I would get uh, nervous, I guess is the word, that if a client uh, got in trouble or one of my largest clients declared bankruptcy, um, you, you, as a business owner, you, you become uh, nervous and um, uh, what's going to happen next? And am I going to survive and feed my family and what have you? The reality is at the end of the day, it's the human spirit that's going to overcome and we're going to come out the other side better, maybe a little bit different, but we're going to come out the other side. So I'm always betting on uh, me and you and the clients and the human spirit to get through this. And um, I believe it's all going to be okay. So that's probably the the 30,000 foot specific advice is it's all going to be okay. So I, I know you, as I have, have fielded <clears throat> calls and have taken meetings with, with clients um, about this. What are the most common worries that they're expressing to you right now? Well, it depends on the industry. So one of the first, uh, what, about the middle of March, when this really was starting to shape up to where the, um, the economy was going to get shut down for whatever reason, it really depends upon what industry that you're in. Uh, one of my trade show vendors called up and said, when will this be over? And I said, well, I'm not sure. But if you know anything about the trade show industry, they didn't uh, postpone their trade shows. They canceled them. So his, so his um, worry was, when will it get back to normalcy? And he thinks it's going to be in the fall. So all the planning that we have done has been in the, is for the fall. A charity event client of mine uh, suffered the same type of situation to where overnight, all of his charity events that he supports were canceled. And right now they're pushing to have them in the fall again. So his biggest concern and his biggest worry was I have assembled the best team that I've ever put together. How can I keep them all together? How can I keep my, my great team together? Um, a project company called me up and he uh, manufactures large displays for whether it's a large construction uh, client here in town or what have you, he, his, his revenue went from 7 million down to zero. Hmm. Hey, how, how, how am I going to pay for the rent? How, how can I keep my, my team together? How, how, how am I going to 
you know, survive this and, and, and pay for my bills. Um, so at the end of the day, even the hair salon that we represent, she called me up and said, hey, I've closed the shop, uh, sent everybody home. Will unemployment benefits be enough to take care of my team that I've had for the last 10 or 15 years? Uh, all, all, all four of those um, examples happened within about two and a half days of each other uh, in the middle of March because they saw what was coming and they were looking at what was going to happen economically. So at that point, most of them were just really, really, really worried, not only about their business, but really about the people that work with the small business owner that they care about. So really, it's specific of what industry that you're in, but you can give a sampling and a taste of what people are worried about um, going forward. So those are some true to life examples. Obviously, I could give you probably 10 more. But then we went from 45 minutes to about an hour and 15, and I'm not sure we want to do that. So um, we, along the re- with, with the rest of our industry, is scrambling to understand how the recently passed CARES slash Payroll Protection Program Act is going to operate. And I think we're starting to get a handle on it. Um, but it's it's you know the interpretations are still are still a work in progress. But at the end of the day, you know, I know a lot of a lot of in particular small businesses are looking at that as a potential savior. Um, in your mind, how helpful do you think that is going to be for small businesses? And are you telling people to, yeah, this is going to be great and, and it is a true lifeline? Or are you telling them that? You know, maybe you should manage your expectations. This is great, but it's not going to solve the whole thing. Where do you kind of come down on that? Well, that 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 is a a great question. So, uh, a couple of comments on the front end are is that from about the middle of March and even to the end of March, uh, we kept hearing about the SBA programs and the CARES Act and the PPP uh, loans and what have you. The way I see the world is, is that there's really two groups of, of the CARES Act that, um, that is available or you could use it to your benefit. The first part of it is, is, the, is your typical, what they call as the EIDL loan. And that one is a true, uh, it stands for Economic Injury Disaster Loan. And that is an SBA program that you go online and you apply for, which is truly a disaster loan to be able to borrow money from the federal government in order to keep your business open. You have to use the money for overhead, but that's okay, right? In other words, if we have a good business and we're going to come out the other side, this is a great, great means for businesses to borrow money. And this um, disaster loan is no different than when a tornado hits a small town, they need relief or a flood, they need relief or a drought. You're Mm -hmm. trying to loan monies to businesses in order to survive. So from that first part of this um, CARES Act, I think that's very, very, very powerful 
and very, very good for the government to provide that. So I, I highly recommend that. We have a lot of our clients applying for it. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll hear uh, success stories of them funding it. And we're starting to get that right now is that we're hearing clients are, are um, getting, getting to receive the money. The yeah, other, I, go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, I've, I've also started to see things trickling through uh, our own internal communications and elsewhere that the money is actually starting to flow. So, you know, in spite of the fact that, I think the banks were taken a little bit by surprise that they were going to be the front end of processing this and they were scrambling to develop uh, intake procedures and capacity. It looks like they're, they're actually starting to rise to the occasion fairly quickly. And, and they have. And what, what's interesting is up until about, you know, again, three, three days to a week ago, um, the CPAs, not, not not only myself, but other CPAs around the country are on the front lines of answering questions that they really don't know the answers to yet. So I know it was frustrating to some clients, um, but we can only do the best we can with the information that we have. However, the, the other side of it is of the CARES Act is really it's a separate, uh, I, for lack of a better word, a bucket. And the, the other bucket, there's really there's really three things going on in this, this, this proverbial bucket that I've described. And basically the CARES Act, I believe, and this is my personal opinion, is trying to provide relief to people to survive two and a half months. And the reason I say that is, is, is if you break it down further, then the two and a half months, you'll hear about the stimulus checks that individuals are getting 1200 bucks. If, if your income is under a certain $75,000, if you're married jointly, you're getting 2,400 bucks. I'm not saying that, that, that everybody's going to survive two and a half months on that, that kind of money, but from the stimulus side of the government, they are providing these stimulus checks, I believe, to individuals to try to weather the storm for a period of time. Uh, the second thing that they're doing is, is that they are maintained under the CARES Act is that an employer an employer that keeps their payroll in place there are great credits available to them against future payroll taxes which benefits people to keep their payroll and their team in, in place so that is a great uh, opportunity uh, see your accountant to help you uh, calculate those credits and then uh, the last would be would be the the infamous PPP loan, which is the Paycheck Protection Program loan, and that's the one that's getting the most press because if you maintain your payroll for two and a half or two months, you can borrow up to two and a half times your um, average monthly payroll. But if you can survive the two months of paying your regular payroll. I believe it's it's in hopes that the economy gets you know started again and things get back to normal. So when when you look at the CARES Act, a lot of it is is hey, let's see if we can survive the next two and a half months, which we will, which we will. But that's a that's a high lo- high level summary of the CARES Act in order for businesses to consider to keep to keep going for two and a half months. I agree with that. The, the math I did was that this is a, a $2.5 trillion rescue package. 
and the non-government piece of our national GDP is about is about sixteen trillion dollars of GDP, right? And so when when you work through the math, right, that does turn out to be ten weeks or so of GDP in effect that the government is now is now replacing, right? You know, give or take what's what's being produced by elsewhere in the economy. So I think you're right. Uh, that that's very well put because what you well, and, and that's a great point. I believe that whatever they're trying to do, and they're and, and again, what we're hearing success stories that clients are now beginning to get some money. But if you think about it, there's there's two things going on. What what can the government do to help the citizens and small business out to get to the next event to where we're back outside and we're not on, uh, you know, shelter in place type of things, which is under Georgia and, and what have you. But so, so that's the first part of it. The, the second part of it is, is that all of a sudden we're going to have this trillion dollar debt. But in my opinion, who today we're just trying to make it two and a half months, right? <laughs> I mean, we, we are. Yeah, exactly. So I believe that the stimulus package and the CARES is really just trying to get businesses and people to let's figure this out. Let's give us two and a half months of survival. So tax return deadlines have been pushed back. I think it's to July. I should know this more, but I'm not an accountant. Um, How many full do you think that is for most business owners? Do you think that that's appreciated just to take one thing off their plates? They can focus on what's right in front of them. Well, Mike, to be very blunt with you, I think it's the greatest law ever invented because I'm a public accountant CPA. So by so so I think it's very meaningful if you want to know the truth of the matter. Now, on a serious note, uh, it did give us a break because what was interesting was, is we all know historically how important the April 15th deadline is. Uh, you know, you, you have all the cartoon characters of the the accountant in the white shirt with the tin key and the and the green hat on and the visor on and cranking out the numbers and all that's true. So what was what was a little disturbing on the front end was we kept hearing about these these SBA loans and and big breaks given to other businesses, but they really didn't take their foot off the the gas pedal until later on to where they passed it to where CPA firms could to defer the filing or actually taxpayers, which CPAs are part of helping them prepare their taxes until July 15th. So you and I know, Mike, because um, we sent our staff home, right? We, we yep. On a Monday, we sent everybody home to work from home because we didn't want anybody getting sick or trying not to get them sick. Yep. But it was a great, great relief to get the filing deadline. And they've just recently come out with more um, more uh, rules to state that a lot of the filings that are normally done between now and July 15th have all pretty much all been extended. So from that aspect, from a CPA firm, it was huge. Now from a a general business type of uh, client, uh, really um, that it helps them if they owe tax, right? So in other words, if you owe tax and you're trying to survive the next two and a half months, they're probably not going to make their tax payments anyway because they're trying to keep the doors open and keep their employees in place. At that moment, it is a huge benefit for the government not to charge 
the typical 1% interest rate from April 15th until July 15th, they have waived that. So from that aspect, if you if you are owing money, that is a great, great benefit and uh, very meaningful for those people, but you just picked up the interest carry on that. If you have a refund, obviously the uh, group that have refunds are still pressuring the CPAs to get their returns done. And Brady Ware is continuing to, to do that. We're, we're still in full production in order to continuously, continuously serve the clients that we have. Um, it's just being done a little bit differently since everybody's at home. But yeah, in order to get refunds, you should have to file. And we are in the process of doing that. So from a, a huge meaning, I think the SBA uh, loans and the CARES package was probably more meaningful than just the, quote, July 15th filing date, if you want to know the truth of the matter. Well, that's my opinion. That's, that's totally my opinion. You know, uh, and, and I'll say for an aside here, uh, as a, a shameless, as a shameless plug, but you know, as a, as a semi outsider, because I'm not in the accounting side, my my busy season is fourth quarter, not second quarter or first quarter. Um, you know, we've done a fantastic job in spite of this disruption, um, getting through this, getting through the workflow that we've had. We, that we've had to get through. And, and my impression is that not only has our productivity not dropped, I think it's actually improved. Um, I don't know if that's sort of industry-wide, but that's my perception. Well, and, and that, that's, uh, that's great of you to say because you are, uh, your, your tax season is fourth quarter uh, of what you do. But at the same token, uh, I've got to give it to our team here. Uh, our, our leadership here, the managers in the offices, the um, the staff, the the professionalism exhibited by our team it ha- has been second to none. And I'm sure uh, CPA firms around the country feel the same way. Um, but right now, uh, our team is still taking uh, phone calls and emails and production and reviewing and uh, I'll probably release a handful of tax returns this afternoon and uh, and uh, keep keep the ship going in the right direction. But um, I got to give it to our team, Mike. Uh, we have a great group of, um, of team members here that that carry the buckets of water uphill. So that so I don't get credit for that. The managers that put it in place get credit for it. Yeah, that they've 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 responded very well. And again, as a quasi outsider, because I'm not doing that stuff. It is. It's 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 been impressive. Um, so let's let's touch upon this. You know what 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 have you had to change, right? I mean, you're still you're still responsible for our office of of thirty six people. I know you want us to be safe. I know you want us to be engaged. We also still have a job to do. We still have the public trust to serve. We still have uh, we still have clients that got to get stuff done, especially ones that that have refunds because they, they really need those refunds. How, how are you, how are you adapting to changing to, to this new, this new reality? Well, uh, you, you know me pretty well, Mike, and you can tell I'm smiling when I say this, but um, you know, when we, when we sent our team home, let me, let me back up further than that. Even prior to sending our team to work from home, you were on the front lines of this we were in the process of saying, hey, 
team members with the Atlanta traffic, why don't you work one day from home and just stay in touch and we'll see how it works, right? I mean, for an accounting firm, that that or for me, that was a big change, right? Because I'm old school and let's get in here and let's get your hours done and the chargeability and all the things that, that, that go with that. So for me personally, I believe sending everybody home is changed. I'm not going to say a lot. Maybe it changes the way I look at it because our team, given the chance to be professionals without being in the office professionally, they have risen to the occasion. So, so from that aspect, when we sent everybody home that Monday, I got up on Tuesday, Mike, and the sky hadn't fallen. I went to my car. The sky was still up in the sky. I couldn't believe it. I, I figured we'd be all over the parking lot. But no, the sky did not fall with us sending everybody home. Now, that's a little tongue-in-cheek because, as you know, Bradyware takes great pride with our IT, and you can log in anywhere and the things that we do. Yep. Uh, we, we were already ahead of the curve of that, in my opinion. But just from a... From a, a leadership viewpoint, obviously it's been harder. Um, as you know, if you're here on a if you're here on a on a Friday, sometimes and again, this is rumor. You may have a fireball Friday walking around. So what's happened? Rumor has it there may be some virtual happy hours. So so from a leadership viewpoint, what's happening is is I believe everyone is incredibly professional. I also believe from a leadership viewpoint that people, our team, misses the social interaction of our office. And um, people are coming in. I'm actually at the office today. Don't tell uh, Governor Kemp. But I guess I'm essential, though, so I guess I'm, I'm good there. You are essential, Tommy. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. And so what's happening is I think people um, – um, are, are coming and they're missing the social aspect of it. So, but you still got to run a business. You still got to look at the timesheets. You still got to look at production. You still got to return emails. And we're still doing the 101 stuff and the blocking and tackling that we, we need to do in order to take care of our clients. Yeah. And, and, and you're right about that social interaction, you know, out of the Atlanta office, at least we're doing a virtual happy hour on Friday and, um, last Friday, half the office participated, which was, you know, which was remarkable. All we were doing was staring at people on the screen. Even one guy who was on vacation um, <laughs> dialed in. I mean, I, I think we need to get him counseling, but it, it, the gesture was nice. Um, you know, you're right. I mean, it does it does show that the team has some resilience because you know they do miss each other, and you know. You do have people like me on one end of the spectrum that will will wander into the office once every two weeks or so just to remind people that I need a paycheck. But then you have other people that really like to be in the office and and get a good vibe from there. And and maybe and this will segue nicely into the next question. You know, maybe one of the lessons, one of the good things that's going to come out of this is we realize the sky doesn't fall. Um, we realize that we have hired well. Right. We've always thought we hired well. We always thought that we hired people that we could trust to be adults. But now, you know, it's been combat tested and, and it's been proven victorious. And, and one of the things we've learned is that, you know, we, we can do this and we don't need to focus on, you know, butts and seats anymore so much as 
productivity, which can, you know, maybe unleash some other good downstream effects down the road. I totally agree. I, I think that, um, I think Brady Ware can look in the mirror a little bit because as I, as I uh, advise my clients, Hey, what it, why don't you use this time to look at your business and to look at what changes you need to make? So when you come out the other side, what, what did we learn from it? What, what decisions needed to be pl- taken place to get us to the other side, as well as once we get to the other side, then, then what kind of culture and firm can you improve upon in order to, to be a better firm? And that's what I've been telling most clients or all clients, Hey, look, look in the mirror and look at your, look at your business to see what needs to happen. Yeah. And that segues, I think, I think into um, maybe the most important question I have in this, in this interview. Um, one of my, my previous uh, interviews with a gentleman out in Silicon Valley named Shane Metcalf. And, and he runs basically an employee engagement software firm out there in Silicon Valley. And the, the thing that struck me from that interview, and we just published that, by the way, what was um, how he, the, he immediately looked at or turned the conversation to how are we going to be better after all of this, right? And in true Silicon Valley perspective, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we got, a, we got the virus thing going on. It's going to do its thing. It's going to visit tragedy among people and families. And there's not, we're doing the best we can. But from a business perspective, it's also creating disruption, which also means that it, it creates opportunity, right? Very Silicon Valley way of thinking, which I have now blatantly stolen from him, because um, I think it's the right way to think about it. And I think you think about these things the same way too, right? You, we're going to come out of this. We don't know when. Uh, we don't know exactly how. I think, although I think companies should be proved, should be planning now for what that looks like, what the restart process is. Um, how do you think companies are going to? You can make this Bradyware specific if you would like, or make it more general. How do you think companies are going to be better? Or maybe how do you think you're going to be better professionally from all this? Well, uh, great question. Um... You know, I'm one of the best tax guys in the city because every answer, it depends, right? So you can always answer it that way. You'd make um, a great economist. <laughs> exactly. So, so to me, it, it's, a, it's a two-step process. And the first step is, is that like what clients are, are asking me today, hey, what, what, you know, hey, I, what about this? And hey, what can I change? And hey, Tommy, I need your help. Well, the reality is I took a real estate course at college and it taught me three things, right? Location, 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 right? We all know that old real estate joke. Yep. Well, what's happening today is in, in the coronavirus environment is really it's cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, right? Because we need to figure out the cash flow to get us to the other side. And part of that cash flow analysis is what monies do I have coming in, whether it's from sales or SBA loans or factoring or whatever you're going to do. That's the first aspect of it is to say, hey, what money do I have coming in? The second tier is is typically, and again, uh, every business is a little bit different, but a lot of our clients are 
are their one of their largest expenses is obviously salaries. So do you rank your do you rank your uh, owner as number one and everyone else down to number twenty or whatever? And 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 the theory behind it is, hey, if if my sales have gone down thirty percent, do I need to look at thirty percent of my uh, of my salaries? That, that that is a question mark, by the way. It's not a it's not a rule out there. Yeah. But once you look at it in good times, Mike, what happens? You don't really address the problem employee. You don't you don't really hold them accountable like you should hold them accountable because things are good and why do I have to rock the boat to a degree? But when things aren't good, it is forcing people companies to make to look at their business and make those tough decisions. So once you do that and you have to say, you know what, my business is down 30%, I've got to get rid of 30% of my workforce in order to survive, right? We're trying to get the cash flow to get the other side. Then at that moment, it's real easy to let the problem employee go or the team member who really isn't carrying the water uphill because it's survival. And then the last thing is, is that once you do that, you analyze your overhead and that's a little bit easier approach because it's easier to to tell the, um, the 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 specialty water person that we can no longer use their their services in the break room because it's not essential. But once you do all of this and you get to the other side, I believe all businesses are going to be stronger, including Brady Ware. Maybe we have work anywhere policies. Maybe we 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 only meet on Mondays or Tuesdays or something and give the because it's been proven at Brady Ware so far that uh, we have a great professional staff without having to repeat all of that. So to answer your question, what what's going to look like? I don't know, Mike, what it's going to look like because they're still writing the book while we're reading it. But uh, I think we're going to come out the other end a lot stronger and leadership and, and more trustworthy. Not that we weren't before, but we're going to be more uh, professional and let uh, our team grow and blossom where they can grow and blossom. Tommy, this has been a great conversation. We, we could easily have it go another hour, um, but I know you got a lot to do and you get ants in your pants anyway. But um, uh, <laughs> if, if somebody has, if, if they, we haven't covered something that somebody else had a question about, or maybe they'd want to follow up on something that we have covered, uh, is it okay if they contact you? And if so, how best can they do that? Uh, two ways. Um, the first is is my email address, which is t m a r s h at brady ware b r a d y w a r e dot com. So t marsha brady ware dot com, or my direct line is six seven eight three five zero nine five zero three. Please call. That's going to wrap it up for today's program. I would like to thank Tommy Marsh of Brady Ware so much for joining us and sharing his expertise with us today. We'll be exploring a new topic each week uh, or maybe even more frequently as we do these special episodes, but please tune in so that when you're faced with your next executive decision, you have clear vision when making it. If you enjoy these podcasts, please consider leaving a review with your favorite podcast aggregator. It helps people find us so that we can help them. Once again, this is Mike Blake. Our sponsor is Brady Ware & Company, and this has been the Decision Vision Podcast.